On today's episode, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170, the last muscle car? Today's episode is brought to you by Engineering.com, a globally trusted source for engineering content. Check out this and many other exclusive videos for the engineering professional found only on Engineering.com TV today. Today, if you're a young gearhead with a love of performance and a modest budget to scratch that itch, you're probably into variable valve timing, turbocharging, aftermarket ECUs, and all-wheel drive. Now, when I was doing it in the 1980s, it was much simpler. Just buy a muscle car. So what is a muscle car? Well, it was a uniquely American phenomenon, a fast, powerful car that was not a sports car. Muscle cars were variants of typically pedestrian mass-market cars like the Chevrolet Chevelle, the Ford Fairlane, or the Dodge Dart. Grocery getters, mom and pop cars. But in 1964, when John DeLorean and Jim Wangers at Pontiac shoehorned the big Pontiac 389 cubic inch V8 engine into the compact Tempest, they created the GTO. And soon, big engines and small, cheap cars was all the rage. The cars became legendary. The Hemi Cuda, the Judge GTO, the Buick GS, the Boss Mustang, even AMC's Javelin AMX. Powerful, big V8 cars with straight line speed that could rival a Ferrari at a fraction of the cost. Now, when I was hot-rodding, you could buy these cars cheaply because they were 20 years old, or simply build one by dropping a big-block donor engine into a grocery getter. Pull a 454 out of a Chevrolet Brookwood station wagon and replace the 250-cubic-inch straight-six in an old Nova, then head for the drag strip. But the dirty secret behind these behemoths was that the horsepower figures produced by those vehicles were not impressive by modern standards, especially relative to engine displacement. Now, one horsepower per cubic inch was an ambitious target for most hot rodders, and in an age before public dynamometers, we just bolted on performance parts until the engine blew, then did it all over again. But consider this. To get 350 horsepower out of a small block Chevrolet might require headers, a three-quarter cam, performance lifters and rocker arms, a dual-plane intake manifold, and a Holley carburetor on top. To go much above that meant cylinder heads, porting, high-compression forged pistons, and if not aftermarket connecting rods, perhaps shot-peened and beam-polished stock units. You might see 400 horsepower, and not for long. Now today, Dodge is producing a limited run of what they're calling the last muscle car, the Dodge Challenger SRT Demon 170. Instead of going into the technical details of its remarkable Hemi engine, I'll just get to the important metrics. 6.2 liters and supercharging to produce 1,025 horsepower and 945 foot-pounds of torque with full emissions compliance in a car that can be driven on the street every day. Now, for those of you without a strong sense of what horsepower means, I drove to work today in a Honda with about 140 horsepower. In 1988, I bought my first new car, what was then called a Boss Mustang, a stripped LX with a 5-liter fuel-injected V8, 225 horsepower. A typical big-block Chrysler muscle car from the glory days of the late 60s might have a 6-barrel 440 V8 producing 390 horsepower, although 1960s horsepower ratings were SAE gross, not true output with a fully-dressed engine experiencing full parasitic drag, so net horsepower was considerably lower. For the only 135 buyers of the very rare Hemi Superbird in 1970, most of which were intended for NASCAR competition, the legendary 426 Hemi produced 425 horsepower. Emissions? Forget about it. The exhaust of these cars would make your eyes water. So in 2023, Dodge will sell you a Challenger just like they would in 1970 with a big V8. Except now it's over a thousand horsepower. It boggles the mind. Now, since these are the last of their kind, owning one of these dinosaurs will get a bit spendy. 
Dodge lists a base price of $96,666, but with typical options, they'll roll out the door at about $120,000. Of course, the collector community may bid the price significantly higher than that. Which, of course, is antithetical to the original premise of the muscle car, the high-performance, affordable, basic platform. My 88 Boss Mustang, which I still have, carried a base price of $11,995. Now, I splurged for an AM-FM radio and went out the door, all taxes and fees in, for exactly $14,006. And they sold like proverbial hotcakes. Now, the SRT Demon 170 will be for a select few, probably affluent old guys who remember the good old days. For you young guys, it's back to your laptops, boost control, and fuel mapping. But the fact that this generation can produce the power level seen in my 5-liter Mustang out of a small 4-cylinder and do it without launching the pistons into the stratosphere, well, that leaves me in awe. The fact is, today's hot rodders are simply smarter than we were, even the ones that don't have $100,000 to spend on a fast car. Well, that's it for this week's episode of End of the Line. If you like this show, consider joining engineering.com to get personalized story recommendations, follow topics you care about, and participate with the global engineering community. Thanks for tuning in.